0: Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. 1-1 one, one pitch, fastball pulled and cast, Alvarez into the corner. Get up, Bob! Get up! Get out of here! Got a fantasy question? Email Baseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league.
1: Where fantasy becomes reality.
0: Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. Adam Azer it's Scott White here. After dark, it is 11-1. 36 p.m. Eastern. I'm not. Oh, I know. I'm not as as tired as I am hungry. I'm very hungry, almost hangry. Ah,
1: yeah. I just had a little snack. What'd you have? Myself. I had a Sunbelt granola bar, a chocolate chip.
0: I just, very tasty. I'm all about the Kind bar, peanut butter and dark chocolate mm.
1: every morning. Yeah. That's a, little, that's a little a little too high-end for my granola <laughs> bar tastes, Adam. That's like a fifty a bar or something outrageous. Well, if
0: you buy, yeah, if you buy, just buy the bar. But if you buy a pack <laughs> of them, it's not that much. It's less than a buck. Uh, it, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a pricey treat. All right, welcome to the show. It's Thursday, Thuriometer Thursday. I was not aware of just how ice-cold Matt Chapman is. He's six for his last 63. We're going to talk about that. Um, not a lot of thoriometers, though. We got some hay real quick. Jose Ramirez, is Jose Ramirez really, you know, back to being elite? Two home runs and a stolen base in a doubleheader today. So, big deal. But no, pretty good day for him. Uh, And yeah, some actually very interesting pitching performances. Dustin May, he's run into trouble in the sixth inning in each of his two starts, but it's hard not to be encouraged. His first two starts of his career. Dustin May, very good. Brendan McKay, just like Dustin May, was... Having a great day, and then oh man,
1: the, the sixth inning came along and that went away. So we'll talk about all of that
0: today. You uh, go and recite
1: poetry normally at night at all the coffee usually. houses. Is this just <laughs> kind of warming up now. <laughs> the coffee houses. No, I don't do that. Okay, so
0: here's the stat of the year. Stat of the year. I couldn't believe this. I read this in the Associated Press story today. According to the according to Fox Sports Detroit. The Chicago White Sox became the first Major League team since at least 1974 to put a runner on base in every inning of a four-game series. That blew my mind. Every inning of a
1: four-game series. Uh, It's a lot of base runners. It's a lot of base runners. It's the White Sox. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's just crazy. Who's best hitters on the IL, and their other good hitters don't get on base that much. Well, who's their best hitter that's on the IL?
0: Yon Moncada. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Because I was like, Tim Anderson's back. Yeah, Monca- uh, uh, Moncada's their best hitter. Not Jose Abreu. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You're right. Uh, so who stood out on Wednesday? Who do the people need to know about?
1: Well, Zach freaking please, Zach. <laughs> <Did> <laughs> yeah, again,
0: going to get his name
1: right this time. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's earned that much, but get a little tired of this. I mean, this was probably, (laughs) uh, I mean, if he did this every time out, you know, 13 swinging strikes, seven strikeouts in six innings, then I could buy that he's a pretty good pitcher, but he doesn't. I mean, six total earned runs in his past four starts. Uh, but he had he has this 13 swinging strike game. He had a 16 swinging strike game during that same stretch. Really, those are the only two games where he's missed bats. It's not like he's a great ground ball pitcher. I'm not sure how he's doing it. Good control. I'm just not sure that's enough. And you know, it. I'm kind of open minded to the idea that I could be wrong, just because he pitches for the Cleveland Indians and they're kind of like the Astros, where they have they're beginning to have a really good track record of maximizing output from their pitchers and in, in their case it's mostly homegrown guys but certainly Trevor Bauer would fit the bill Corey Kluber and Mike Clevenger they weren't the caliber of prospects that I mean they were decent prospects but not like potential aces that they've turned out to be Carlos Carrasco uh, and then like Aaron Savala, like they keep doing it so I I just feel like in those other cases there are underlying numbers to back it up
0: yeah. Well, for me, the police act thing was always about the matchups. You know, it was he was beating up on some pretty easy competition. And I said, "There's no way I'm picking him up because his next four starts are against Houston, Texas, Boston, and the Yankees." And he didn't do well against Houston. He went five innings, gave up four runs, he struck out three. Nobody's doing well against Houston. I mean, they're amazing right now. And I thought Texas would also be quite a challenge. They don't have Joey Gallo, but. You know, there's still like, Willie Calhoun's obviously hitting well. There's still a tough lineup. And next week, it's two starts for Zach Pleszak, and it's Boston at home and the Yankees on the
1: road. Yeah, no uh, way. No way. No way. I mean, the Yankees, though— I, I even though, talked the, about the, the, Yankees the thing are, are I mentioned not he the does Yankees. well, good control. That, that really hasn't even been true anymore. The, the walk rate's up over three per nine. Uh, it was true in the minors. It was true when he first got called up, but that's you can't even point to that as something he's doing well. Okay. Well, he's 79% on. What do you
0: think about that ownership for Pleszak? I think it's too high. Okay. Uh, how about Dustin May? Would you rather have Dustin May, who's 66% owned? Five and two-thirds, five hits, one run, one walk, and seven strikeouts. It's yeah. now two starts in a row, his only two starts, where he's had five scoreless innings then run into trouble in the sixth. And, you know, that that could be a problem. He should get Miami on the road next week. Uh, it's possible he gets Atlanta because, you know, Ryu's coming back in the rotation. Is it even a certainty that he's going to stay in the rotation? I think he's staying in the rotation. Again, I think after so. This I mean, one. the
1: fact they sent Tony Gonsolin down. Right. Who I think, you know, just based on performance, that earned that role more. Ross Stripling's rehab start, which didn't even look like it was going to be, you know, he was going to be treated like a starter in it. it that got pushed back. Uh-huh. So I think, uh, yeah, I think I think May's here to stay. At least for the time being. And... I don't know that he's going to be a great strikeout pitcher either. I mean, you certainly see the potential with the stuff, but uh, he's he should be great at generating ground balls. A lot of sink on a very hard fastball um, should in, induce a lot of weak contact.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at like his arsenal, just uh, the pitch data from um, his last start. 62% sinkers. cutters, 9% curveball, 3% changeup. That's not, you know, mostly sinkers and cutters. That's not the type of arsenal that says to me he's going to strike a lot of guys out. So, you know, it does say he's going to get a lot of ground balls, as Scott mentioned. But, uh, the strikeouts are really impressive today. And it's not much of an arsenal, right? I mean, it's, it's, I don't know what his pitch breakdown was today and I don't know if you have that, but it's, Based on his first start, eighty five percent, eighty-six, percent eh, more like eighty seven percent of his pitches were sinkers and cutters. That that could be a guy who runs into trouble third time through the order. But at the very least it's worth seeing where this goes.
1: Yeah, and I don't think that it's that unusual for a twenty one year old just breaking into the big leagues. I mean, even even if he has other pitchers, he may not rely on them extensively at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a lot of the same today in terms of that pitching breakdown. So, okay. yeah, I mean, I I think one, one thing that influences this too, I mean, the Dodgers front office, I, I trust them for talent evaluation as much as just about any. And, uh, apparently at the trade deadline, May and Gavin Lux were both untouchable. Gavin Lux, I understand May, Well, I mean, he was considered their best pitching prospect, but clearly they valued him on that same level because they haven't always valued some of the prospects that uh, ranked highly in the past, and Mm -hmm. and they were mostly proven right about those. I
0: I just want to add one thing. It's not like he really went out and struggled in the sixth inning. He faced three hitters, Dustin May. He faced the heart of the Dodgers, of the Cardinals order. Goldschmidt grounded out, Ozuna homered, and De Young flied out. So it's not like, you know, he left with a bunch of runners on and the bullpen bailed him out. No, he just gave up a solo home run. So pretty good start for Dustin May. All right, let me see if I have any standouts here. Ian Happ is a standout to me. Since being called up, he's only like 10 or 12% owner or something. Uh, Ian Happ, and it makes sense. He started five straight games before they traded for Castellanos and since then hadn't started at all until today when they put Ian Happ at second base. And he's got six walks to six strikeouts. He hit a grand slam today, batting over 300. Obviously it's small, but six walks to six strikeouts is really encouraging for Ian Happ. And David Bode. I think I think they can stand to take him out of the lineup after the Castellanos trade. Sorry, Scott. After the Castellanos trade, Joe Maddon said, like, basically, I don't care about hurting guys' feelings anymore. It's winning time. You've got to perform. So interested to see where this goes with Ian Happ.
1: Yes, it's not just Bodie. It's it's Tony Kemp. Yeah, but the fact that they sent Robo Garcia back down. I mean, second base is, is basically unclaimed. I think they're waiting for somebody to step up. And it could be Hap. I mean, there was plenty of enthusiasm for Hap entering last year. And he encountered what wouldn't it be wrong to call growing pains. We'll see. Show we'll see me that smile. Sorry. Scott. Show me that <laughs> smile. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right.
0: All right. We'll see. Yeah, he's widely available. I'm actually going to look for him right now. In one league that I'm in. Pretty deep league. Just see maybe if I want to put a little claim in for him, a little claimsy, uh, little uh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I could use him. I need an outfielder. He's outfield eligible. Um, so the other guy I'm putting a claim for—it's so funny. I, I hope I hope
1: I hope you have a claim in for J.D. Davis. I already own him in this league. yeah. Oh, okay. there you go. <laughs> That's the outfielder to pick up. Yeah, and I, I might pick up Travis DeMara before I picked up Hap too.
0: Oh, really? not really I might be much. a little crazy no you know the guy that i'm picking up over half is aristides aquino oh yeah yeah the punisher yeah we talked about uh, him the today punisher. is that his nickname yeah it's his nickname okay
1: yeah he had a lot of home runs at triple a reds outfielder yeah by the way Mm-hmm.
0: i'm, I'm hoping C- that nobody picks up on him because uh, he didn't play today on on wednesday
1: so uh I'm hoping he kind of, I can get him for been, a, a little been bit. been getting regular playing time. Yeah. As opposed to like Philip Irvin, who I thought had a reasonable case, but whatever.
0: I love Philip Irvin because every time I see him, I go, Fleurvin. And it's just, it's like it's like if Professor Frink created a baseball player. All right. Today's sponsors are SeatGeek and Indochino. Indochino, use the promo code FBT, get a great discount on a custom suit. Best suit I own. Not even close. Um, love everything about it. And at some point, I will get another Indochino suit just next time I need a suit. Uh, and if you're getting like married or anything, you want to get your wedding party outfitted, Indochino.com, promo code FBT. It's awesome. SeatGeek, the promo code is FANTASY. For 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase, you know I use SeatGeek all the time. I've been on the SeatGeek app all freaking day today looking at tickets uh, for uh Miami UF football game, considering going to that one. And uh, I'm going to be monitoring that on SeatGeek. we got a couple games in progress. Zach Gowan, last I saw, was doing quite well. Uh, He had five scoreless innings against the Phillies. He's now on the Diamondbacks, as you recall. And the Red Sox and Royals are currently in a weather delay in the 10th inning. But Eduardo Rodriguez had a bad start, so we will talk about him. Let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, we got some news and notes and the Theriometer. We'll be right back on Fantasy Baseball today.
1: Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com business gold card.
0: Well, Christian Yelich, you can't be better than Mike Trout if you're not playing. He's sat again with a back issue. He could be back as early as Thursday. But uh, yeah, day to day, we'll call it right now for Yelich. Corey Kluber could throw about 50 pitches in a rehab start today. And what is your uh, expectation
1: for Corey Kluber? We'll remind people he wasn't really having that great of a year. Yeah, but it was a month. You know, a lot yeah. of a lot yeah. of good pitchers weren't having a good April, and they've mostly all gotten back on track now, right? I I don't that that means nothing to me. I mean, we it, it's it's virtually meaningless. Maybe he's bad now, but we have no not enough evidence to say so. Okay. I'm excited about the return of Kluber. Uh, it may only be two rehab starts. I had read. Because, cool. yeah, you know, obviously, as established as he is, they trust him to kind of rehab on the go. Mm-hmm. You know, the innings might be limited those first couple starts. But, yeah, he's on his way back, and that's exciting. Austin
0: Riley's on the I.L. with a knee ligament injury that he suffered while working out. That's why I never work out, people. Worried about the knee ligaments. Giancarlo Stanton resumed baseball activity. Okay, so you're excited about Corey Kluber coming back. Or are you excited about Giancarlo Stanton coming back?
1: I mean, resuming baseball activities is not – it's a good first step. We don't really have a concrete timetable for Stanton still. And I suspect probably won't see him until September. But, um, you know, things could evolve quickly here. So let's see. We'll wait and see.
0: Yeah, I think September is what they're aiming for for Stanton. Gleyber Torres does not appear to have a serious core injury. The Mets – forget about the Yankees. The Mets – are the real team in New York? They are 19 and six since the All Star break. They are a game out of the wild card, I think, right around there. It is crazy.
1: Uh, how about the Mets? Break up the Mets. How about the Mets? How about the Mets? I mean, J.D. Davis, I've accepted, is probably good. Jeff McNeil, I've accepted, is probably a stud, and not just a batting average specialist. Exciting times! Oh yeah, for that lineup and you know the rotation's really the strength of the team. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean at, at one point their bullpen was just ruining everything. They they were a good team with a terrible bullpen, and mm. they still might be, but yeah. but it, it hasn't come back to haunt them lately. Uh, Sean Minaya could throw this week. He could be back soonish. Mike, uh, some of the hitters we keep talking about. Mike Talkman stole another base. Willie Calhoun homered again, and Bo Bichette has doubled in eight straight games. Some minor injuries. Anthony Rendon left with a toe injury. It's not considered serious. Javier Baez is fine after fouling a ball off his leg. A.J. Pollock pinch hit, so he's making progress. He has a groin injury. Hopefully he can start on Thursday. And Matt Carpenter left after fouling a ball off of his foot. And no word on the severity right now for, for Matt Carpenter. By the time you hear this, you might know. Scott, it is Thursday. Well, technically it's Wednesday. For us. But we have eight minutes until it's Thursday. So it's thoriometer time. I need to know how concerned you are, how thuried you are about Matt Chapman. Still pretty good numbers for the season. 252 batting average, 340 on base, 504 slugging, 24 homers in 112 games. But in his last 19 games, Matt Chapman is 6-4-63. With a 114 BABIP. 0-10 thoriometer on Chapman.
1: Ah, uh, maybe like a, maybe like a, one, two. I'll say two. Yeah, I feel like it's it's frustrating for sure because I feel like he's done this disappearing act a few times. You know, he gets, he he gets his numbers to a point, and it looks sustainable, and you're like, okay, this guy is breaking through as an elite fantasy option, and then something like this happens. I mean, it's not always quite this bad, mm-hmm. uh, but. I mean, the supporting numbers still look good, so as long as we don't hear word of an injury that's holding him back, I think he's going to snap out of it sooner than later. Okay, so
0: that's Matt Chapman. Would you rather have Matt Chapman or Josh Donaldson? Chapman. Really? Yeah. Okay, so you like that means you like Chapman quite a bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, Donaldson
0: is a perpetual injury risk. They got oh come then. on! It's August. He's not. He's already. He's not gonna get oh, hurt. Oh, so he can't get hurt. Yeah, it's, he's made it through it this far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Thank you. So, Daniel Vogelbach is the other guy in the Thoriometer. Two twenty-five batting average, twenty-six home runs, and in his last forty-one games, entering Wednesday, which was not a good day for Vogelbach. He's batting 173 with 9 homers, 5 doubles, 25 walks, 48 strikeouts, a 181 babbip. Still walking, still a decent amount of power. I mean the ISO is good. It's uh, 230 in this stretch, but a 173 batting average. He's been kind of an annoying player. Vogelbach, Theriometer on him.
1: Uh maybe like uh maybe like a 3. I mean obviously the playing time is secure now because they've traded away so many other bats. His you know, it's it, his batting average has fallen to a point where, you know, the supporting stats say he's underachieving, and so I expect that to correct. I, I think he's I think he's a fine like third tier third baseman, somebody who deserves to be rostered in most mixed leagues. But, you know, it's it's a lot of people won't have reason to. It, it's not like he's must start.
0: Okay, Vogelbach. All right, Scott, you said on a show on Tuesday, you said that today was your Tuesday was your day where you were going to adjust your rankings. So we want to know, what were some of your biggest rankings
1: movers? Well, one of them was Jeff McNeil, who I said on that show would be and he and You was. held Yeah, yeah, you kept your promise. We appreciate that. I kept that. my promise. Yeah, for Jeff McNeil, who homered again today, Thursday or Wednesday that brings him to 15 for the season. 12 have come in his past 43 games and you project that out over a season, you're talking about like a 40 homer pace that he's performed at for the last month and a half. And this is a guy who last year in the minors and this was mostly at double A, so not the not at triple A Las Vegas, which was an extreme hitter friendly environment even before the juice balls. Um 19 home runs and 88 at-bats in the minors last year for Jeff McNeil. So I was wondering if we would ever see it in the 88 majors, 88 but it game? seems like wait, we Wait, are. wait, wait, 88 games. Yeah, yeah, 88 games. Oh, sorry. my 99 gosh. 99 <laughs> home runs. 19, 99 <laughs> home runs. I'm all messed this 19 home runs and 88 games. Okay. Yeah. In the minors last year. In the minors, okay. Mostly double A. hmm Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, this is
0: great. I mean, he's he's a ground ball hitter. But doesn't have a very high. I mean, going into today, he had a 12.8 percent home run to fly ball rate. That's nothing. So, uh, yeah, even if he doesn't hit home runs, I mean, he's so valuable. And as we said on the show the other day, you remove his pinch hit per, uh, appearances, you just look at his starts. He was third in points per game at second base. Pretty good. Yeah,
1: and I should probably clarify because I feel like a... I just did a video where I didn't connect these dots completely. Just because he's been on a 40-homer pace over the past month and a half doesn't mean I think he profiles as a 40-homer guy. But there's power there. There's 20 to 25-homer power, potentially. All right, so McNeil is... Oh, who'd you move him ahead of? I moved him ahead of... Labor Torres and Yolmokata. I guess that was easy because they're injured. Lourdes Gurriel... Um Keston Hira. Jonathan VR in a Roto league. He is now tenth at second base, McNeil is. So I still have him behind like Ozzy Albies. I have him behind Eduardo Escobar, which I don't know that I feel great about. Um Javier Baez, Max Muncy You know. It I I'm not saying he's definitively worse than that group, but it's that's a tough group to break into because you know they're great and Whatever, no concerns I, I, there. You
0: know, I, I wanted to talk about Glaber Torres. He's he has heard as Scott mentioned, but seems like he's dodged a bullet and might be able to avoid the IL. But even still, oh, we heard
1: that once before. But yeah,
0: but he did avoid the IL. Well, oh, oh, oh well, that was a couple days ago. But yeah, and then yeah. he right. But they took a they took a scan or whatever. There's no tear. There's no sports hernia or anything like that. Yeah. But this is a guy who's twenty one. Or no, he's 22. He's 22 years old, and Glaber Torres has an 8.52 OPS. He like he's having a great year, and he's yeah. like not even registering now. If you and, and he shows up a little bit lower than you'd expect, he's around 10th at, at second base because he does sit every now and then. You know, they have like some they they had anyway some surplus infielders, but. I don't know, man. It's like, are we looking at a superstar in Glaber Torres, or is an 852 OPS not really anything so impressive? Two years now, 123 OPS plus, 124 OPS 100's average. So, yeah, I mean, again, I just think
1: it's amazing what he's doing at age 22. It is. It is amazing. I'm amazed. Good. He uh, it, it could be a superstar. It's too early to say. And it's... You know, we're, I, I'm still kind of having to recalibrate what superstar numbers look like yeah, yeah. in this environment. But nothing that he's doing this year looks especially unsustainable. I mean, he's cut down his strikeout rate from his rookie season. His BABIP's just a little over 300. A solid line drive rate, solid fly ball rate. It looks like a good player, good hitter. All right, who else is a big mover up or down in your rankings? Sorry I didn't stall enough for your
0: yawn. There. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh boy, I'm really it's a tough one.
1: Corey Seager. The moving sadly. down. <laughs> yeah. Which it's it is kind of inevitable with all the good players at shortstop. Bo Bichette, obviously the the most recent addition to that group. Guys who just have to rank ahead of Corey Seeger. But he's been especially bad, Seager has, since coming back from the hamstring injury and just hasn't looked right all year coming off Tommy John surgery. I, I imagine that's not a coincidence. Uh, the The play discipline's good, but he just hasn't been hitting the ball with the same authority. And I'm not ruling out that, you know, it, it, it suddenly clicks and he's great over the final, you know, seven weeks or whatever's left. But uh, you do can't pass up some of these other shortstops with the expectation of that happening. All right, give me one or two more. Um, Josh Hader moving down. Moving down. Moving down, yeah. Six of his past 12 appearances. Oh, okay, so forget the fact that his ERA has risen a run since the start of July. Six of his past 12 appearances, he has been removed before the ninth inning. Clearly... In those, and half of the appearance is not used at all like you'd expect a closer to be used. Hmm. So I, I think he's back to not being a true closer anymore. And obviously, that takes him from top five reliever status in fantasy to maybe top 12 still. But it's a pretty big drop.
0: Okay. Pretty big Josh drop. Hader. So Hader yeah. and Seeger are falling. McNeil's rising. You have one other riser? Or well, another the one faller. I wrote down
1: was Kluber, but we just talked about him. Okay. Okay. Um, let me see if I can spot one real quick to talk about. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, Danny Santana. Okay. I, All right. I moved him up quite a bit. He's now 31st in mm-hmm. the outfield. And I think we're in the 15 to 20 range in the infield spots where he's available. Uh, they, they, as Cabrera is out of the picture now. So job security santana has and uh it's not like he slowed down you know contributing batting average home runs steals Mm -hmm. looking like a must-start option especially considering his versatility so
0: we put scott on the spot with the rankings adjustments now let's get scott on the spot for some prospects. We want to know the prospects to Stash right now, the guys that could be coming up for your stretch run. We'll tell you about them after this quick break on Fantasy Baseball Today. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. Scott, before we uh, talk about the prospects, well, before we get your list, uh, we have a couple questions about prospects. Mm-hmm. This comes from Temple Friend. Hey, Max and Noodles. I don't know, who, who, which one do you want to be?
1: Uh, noodles sounds like so much more fun.
0: Okay. I'll be, to the Max! Uh, dynasty league question: Would you drop Victor Robles to pick up Lewis Robert
1: in a dynasty league? Yeah. Oh, hmm. That is, man, that's that's kind of difficult. Actually, I, I think I, I think as excited as you were about on, rostering Victor Robles in a dynasty league prior to this season, and. Presumably over the past few seasons, it would be kind of silly to pull the plug on him now. But Robert looks like a very, very exciting prospect. I I, I just got to feel like there's someone else you could drop for Robert. Like, first of all, I mean, how the fact Robert's even available in the dynasty, what kind of dynasty league is this (laughs) that you can even (laughs) pick him up? This is ridiculous. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's a good point. I don't know what what that's all about. Uh, yeah,
0: by the way, this is Once Upon a Time in, in America. That would be Max and Doodles. Never seen it. Uh, this question from Jim. Who do you think will be up first, and who do you think will be, will be better this year and next year, Gavin Lux or Kyle Tucker?
1: You know, I'm actually writing the latest prospects report now, and I have my five on the verge, which are the five I think are the most worth stashing. And Kyle Tucker has been at the top of that list for several weeks now. I'm actually moving Gavin Lux to the top of that list for this week because the oblique injury to Alex Verdugo, obviously, Gavin Lux didn't get called up. That wasn't the move the Dodgers made in response to that. But it does clear a path for Lux for several weeks, most likely. Because now, I mean, it already looked like there was an avenue there just because the Dodgers decided they weren't going to play Jock Peterson at first base anymore. He was kind of struggling. They could move him out of the lineup to make room for Lux, shifting Muncie over to first base. Obviously, Lux takes over at second. But now they don't even have to do that. They can have Peterson and Lux in the lineup without benching anybody of significance. And, the, I mean, Lux is still batting four fifty at AAA. It's ridiculous. <laughs> wow. It, like... Even strikeout to walk, Ray, um, you know, tons of power. Uh, his bat speed is <laughs> so good. And obviously the Dodgers, like this isn't a situation like the White Sox with Luis Robert where they're just, you know, playing the financial game because they're not playing for anything. Anyway, the Dodgers lost the last two World Series and are trying to get back there and win it. Lux could be a big part of that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's, you know, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but... I I think there's a better case to be made for Lux getting called up right now than Tucker. Long term, eh, it kind of feels like a coin flip, but, um, you know,
0: I I think I'd lean Lux right now. All right, who else are we stashing? That was a good tangent, by the way. I enjoyed that tangent.
1: Who else are we stashing? Yes. Um, I am also stashing, so Tucker's second on the list. Louise Robert is third, though. uh, I would put the... Chances of him getting called up this year at less likely than not less than 50% chance probably won't get called up this year, but there's a chance and it could be huge and whatever justice Sheffield. We still don't know who's going to take Mike Leake's place in the rotation because the Mariners had a lot of off days. They haven't needed a fifth starter, but he, he had another dandy at double a 149 ERA. Down there and less than two walks per nine in his ten starts for double A. So the control issue he seems to have whipped that, Justice Sheffield. Joe Adele of whipped the Angels that. joins my five on the verge. Yeah. Kind of like Robert in that I'm not necessarily expecting him to get called up this year, but the impact could be considerable if he is. He just got moved to triple A. He's a top ten prospect on basically everybody's list. Um I'll throw a couple more names at you. Jesus Luzardo. Made his first start of his second rehab stint. Looked terrific in two innings. Several more rehab starts in front of him, probably. But there's a chance he's still an impact pitcher in September. And Ty France. Okay. Basically, Ty Cobb right now. 391. <laughs> leads all minor league hitters above rookie ball. And that he also has 26 home runs. Like, low strikeout rate. Just amazing, amazing production from a 25-year-old non-prospect. He started three straight games, at least coming into today, he'd started three straight games at second base. Not his natural position, but um, Luis Arias is again falling flat on his face at the major league level. Um, I'm intrigued by the possibility of France taking over there. Ty
0: France, all right. That's your prospect report. Thank you very much, Scott White. Hey, real quick, Scott. Alex Bregman or Jose Ramirez?
1: I will take Bregman, of course. Oh, yeah. What about in a roto league? Yeah, I'm still taking Bregman, who his numbers are pretty great as it is, but I feel like is going to bring that batting average up to close out the season.
0: Yeah, yeah, we've been saying that. He's only batting 270, 27 home runs for Bregman, 67 RBIs. Feels a little low to me. 82 runs scored and four steals. Jose Ramirez, uh, yeah, big day for him. He had been slumping though. He had gone seven games without a walk, which was weird, uh, or a home run. 192. Like I, I did that you know celebration when his OPS got over 700 or whatever it was, and mm-hmm. then you know he got up to like 750 ish, and then a 192 slump over seven days with seven games without a walk. Very surprising, but huge day today for Jose Ramirez. I just, you know, a lot of steals and I don't I do wonder if people value him as like a late first round pick right now. I know that sounds crazy. No. It sounds a little crazy, but he he steals bases. He
1: steals a lot of them. Yeah. I I hear you. That there's like even if he stays at this pace, the pace he's been on for the past uh I don't even know how long it's been, several weeks. Since he's been good again even if he sustains that pace there's going to be clear trust issues heading into next year rightfully like I am I am mostly uh bullish on him right now but it's just it's just so confusing what went wrong, and it's confusing what's gone right again. And you could point to things like pull percentage and fly ball rate, and they look better now than they did before. But, like, it shouldn't lead to that drastic of a swing in production. It really shouldn't.
0: Well, I got a quote I can read for you. I shouldn't have interrupted you yet because I don't have it. But it was Terry Francona talking about Jose Ramirez. He did mention that Ramirez had uh, confidence issues during this whole thing. He said... Uh, to, he said... He said that... Where's the damn quote? <laughs> yeah, I don't have it,
1: Scott. I'll get it. Well, confident. I think I think that's the basic point, right? Confidence issues.
0: Yeah, he said he had some, some things going wrong, and then he lost his confidence. All right, they had a doubleheader today, so maybe it was in the other recap of the game. You know? It's tricky. Got to check them both.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not... I'm not sure. I'm. Okay. I. I feel. I'm. I'm not saying a player could have confidence issues and that's the reason he struggles. And that seems highly plausible to me. But I feel like it would show in more ways than just his batting average plummeting. You know? Did I find But I,
0: I mean, it's, no, I got it's it. a really I got hard it.
1: game where I got it. Minute differences can have a huge impact. So maybe. You know, maybe I'm just. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, Adam. (laughs) He's
0: a great player, (laughs) Francona said about Jose Ramirez. He just got caught up in some bad habits hitting, and it took him a while, and his confidence took a hit. Mm. I'm satisfied. Hey, real quick, Trevor Bauer or Jack Flaherty? Another gem tonight for Jack Flaherty.
1: Yeah, these aren't hard decisions for me. You're, you know... I understand what you're trying to do here, but there's just no reason to go that far.
0: Well, how different... I mean, Jack Flaherty has a 3.72 ERA and 150 strikeouts and 128 and a third. How much worse could he be than Trevor Bauer?
1: Well, I imagine there's probably an innings difference, though certainly Flaherty's been pitching deep into games lately. It's just its a little too much... Too much of a Johnny-come-lately here. Too much of a (laughs) Jack-come-lately. Okay. I I mean, look, I I buy the skills. He's he's gone from throwing his slider, his best pitch 25% of the time, to a quarter of the time to a third of the time. So maybe that has something to do with it. I mean, it it stood to reason he was going to get better eventually, and maybe that's when this is happening. But I I really don't have any reason to, to move him ahead of Bauer yet. I mean, Bauer's... Been really good for the better part of two seasons now.
0: Okay. Bauer has more strikeouts, more innings. Uh, Bauer has a lot more innings, actually. 161 and a third for Bauer to 128 and a third. Wow. Big difference there. Uh, Bauer also has more wins, but Flaherty does have a better ERA right now. So that's hey real quick. How about this? Are you buying it? Are you buying Or you know what? I get hey real quick this. Who would you rather have rest of season? Yuli Gurriel or Lance Lynn? Gurriel had 8 RBIs today. He has an 872 OPS on the year. Lance Lynn, 7 innings, 8 strikeouts, one earned run at Cleveland, and he has 178 strikeouts. Holy cow, in 155 innings. Who would you rather have real quick? Gurriel or Lynn?
1: I need pitching a lot more than I need corner infielders. Like that's not that's not a difficult decision. It's Lynn. Are you buying their production? Yeah, pretty much. I think looked like he was beginning to fall off, and then suddenly three home runs in two days, eight RBI today. RBI's. Uh, yeah, I mean, he he. I I think he's going to be a must start rest of season. At either of those positions, but Lynn, you know, Lynn's a confusing case, but he he's, it basically since april he's been this and this is not something that you're coming across often at starting pitcher
0: all right let's go to the four man rotation dropper hold max freed. 10 strikeouts at
1: minnesota and was through scoreless through 5 then gave up three runs in the sixth inning and braves are having a tough brave starters having a tough time with that sixth inning <laughs> Two days in a row. But now Max Fried has a strikeout per inning now. 122 Ks and 121 and a third. Yep. Drop him, hold him, start him, sit him. Hold like, him. What do you do? Hold him. He's good. He's good. I think he's even better than he's been. Uh, And and the peripherals back up that statement. So I can live with sort of the the underwhelming starts, which have been a little more common to play. But back-to-back, back, I, I think very solid starts from Fried and... At the very least, you want him around for playing matchups and two-start weeks and all of that.
0: Eduardo Rodriguez, five innings, two runs, three strikeouts against the Kansas City Royals.
1: Yeah, I just don't think you can do a lot better on the waiver wire. Like I'm not dropping him for Savali, I don't think. Dustin May? No, it's been a little underwhelming, but... A little underwhelming is still pretty good by the 2019 context. Joey Lucchese, five and a third, five hits,
0: two runs and eight strikeouts at Seattle. Seattle cannot hit, uh, by the way. And, uh, yeah, Lucchese, that's a pretty typical Lucchese start. Right. What
1: do you do with him? He's kind of, I guess a poor man's Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, And a lot of that's because he pitches for the Padres and not the Red Sox. But eh, this is now, what, four starts in five of less than six innings? And just, I mean, I don't know. The ratios aren't quite good enough for him to get away with. Like, I don't know. I don't know. He's not that good, but he might be the best you can do in some situations. Okay. And uh,
0: James Paxton, obviously we're, we're not dropping him, but are you confident in Paxton right now? It's uh, it's two good starts in a row after two really bad starts in a row.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty confident in him. I think as confident is is justifiable given some of the things he's gone through this year. But the stuff has looked good throughout. There's been some questions whether he's been pitching through injury or not. I think, uh, I, I think I'd I think be confident running him out there after the way these last two starts have gone.
0: Well, it's just so strange how bad he's been in the first inning. So you just hope he can make an adjustment there. He's got two starts next week. James Paxton has Baltimore and Cleveland. I, mean, I know how I feel about Paxton now. I'm going to start him every time he takes the ball, unless it, like he's just terrible for two straight starts or something. But obviously I'm going to start him. I, I'm curious how I'm going to feel about him next season. Because I, I do still think there's a possibility that he deGroms and, bra- and like really breaks out and puts it all together. Because his strikeout rate is just through the roof. And his walk-to-strikeout rate is through the roof. So, what are we talking about? Paxton.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he's older than you probably think. Yeah,
0: so is deGrom, though.
1: Yeah. But Paxton's even older. Older Paxton than DeGrom? is 30. DeGrom's older than that, isn't he? Well, DeGrom is 31, yes, but, <laughs> well, I don't know, maybe, yeah, he is, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess his age 30 season is the one you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yes. When you say DeGrom it, where he went from ace to
0: Uber that, yeah, ace? Yeah, so Young. Yeah,
1: Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I thought I that mean, was, you put, I, by Degroming it, you could mean going from scrubby minor leaguer to no, ace. So I wasn't sure.
0: I meant, I meant, yeah, take the next step. Yeah. And I thought that would happen this year because Paxton, to me, felt like a home run to fly ball victim in two thousand seven, eighteen, and that's what Degrom was in two thousand seventeen. Uh, but it has not happened. I think the knee injury has been a big reason for that. Fringy starting pitchers. All right, we talked about Pleatac. We talked about Dustin May. Uh, we did not talk about Steven Matz or Jordan Yamamoto or Brandon MK. Okay. Brandon MK. Okay. Steven Matz, Yamamoto, and McKay. How would you rank them? I would go
1: McKay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Matz and Yamamoto, I guess. I don't. I'm not super excited about any of them. I think McKay has shown enough that you have to keep him around. Like, I don't want to make the same mistake I made with Zach Gallon. Oh, he's never going six innings. Right. What good is he going to be, really? And then he just starts turning in gym after gym, including today, by the way. That yeah, but o- only
0: five there. innings for Gallon. Uh, but it was a great it was start. Brilliant. Yeah, one right? hit, and three walks, six so, strikeouts. He is going yeah. to win it. Yeah, no, McKay, I mean, it was looking like it was going to be a really good start. It was five innings, one run with eight strikeouts. Then he came out for the sixth inning, didn't record an out against the Blue Jays, gave up two earned runs, and it ends up being five innings, three runs, eight strikeouts. But he does have three walks to 33 strikeouts and 29 and two-thirds. That number right there is is impressive and gives you some hope. In the bullpen, Carlos Martinez blew his third save. He actually did not even start the ninth inning in a, two, in a one-nothing game. Andrew Miller started it, and it made sense. Miller's the lefty. Cody Bellinger and Corey Seager were due up. They both struggled. Anthony Bass got a save for the Mariners. That's their first save since the trade deadline. And Ken Giles is back. He got a save, but he struggled doing so. He gave up a home run and two runs. Still hung out, uh, hung on for his 15th save. Deep Leagues mentioned Ian Happ earlier. How about these pitchers? Any interest in Joe Ross for the Nationals? Ivan Nova, who's given up two earned runs in 28 innings in his last four starts for the White Sox, or Texas starting pitcher Ariel Horrado Joe Ross, Ivan Nova, Ariel Horrado
1: It was an impressive start for Ross. 15 swinging strikes, three hits in six innings. Something to build on, but he has a lot of building to do. Yeah. Ivan Nova is on a nice four-start stretch here, but... I mean, this start, one strike out in eight innings versus three walks. like it it just doesn't seem like anything he's going to be able to sustain.
0: I feel and, like Nova in Spanish means don't go. Or like he doesn't go.
1: I don't remember the the thing about my education <laughs> in Espanol, I basically just remember nouns, and I, I guess maybe adjectives too, but especially nouns. Verbs, like tener, and querer. That's like, oh, like <laughs> I don't really remember verbs. Like I, I don't know, my mind just couldn't make the, the long-standing connection with that part of
0: Well, vocabulary. va is uh, a form of the verb ear, to go, I-R. Uh, yeah, and okay. Nova, according to Spanish, to like according to Google, means not going. So that's, I am not going to pick up Ivanova. Nova is what I was trying to say. Okay. You can't spell Nova without not going, essentially. I mean,
1: he's a supernova right now, but you know what happens with a supernova. I guess it's already a supernova when it's exploding, right? Yeah,
0: I guess something.
1: Uh, we're, we're like... I'm
0: better at Spanish
1: than astrology. Yeah, we're botching both right now, yeah. I
0: think. All right, so we're going to end. Uh, did you say anything about Ariel Horrado? Did you want to?
1: Mm, I don't want to.
0: Okay, then don't. Griffin from Des Moines, Iowa has an email. How could I not read this email? My league has been split for the better part of the year on who is the most valuable player in fantasy for our specific format. Half of the league has been Team Yelwich while the other half has been Team Trout. The format of our league is 5x5 five five categories with on-base percentage instead of average. We pretty much agreed to disagree until Adam brought up the topic on Tuesday's show. Because the majority of the league are frequent listeners and Adam's word is practically gospel, oh. nice! both sides were embracing his argument. The Yellowish supporters took to the fact that you pointed out the disparity in steals, while the Trout supporters latched on to the fact that you would prefer Trout in points leagues and therefore his walks would be enough to set him apart. Rather than spending the day arguing how to interpret the comments, we thought we'd go straight to the source. Wow! All right, so all I talked about was a points league where I said I'd take Trout, and a five by five roto league that with batting average, not OBP, where I, I'm leaning Yelich, in a yes. in an OBP league. I just want to pull up the number. I I have my answer, but I'm just gonna make sure. Like, I, I now I don't have my answer anymore because. I thought Trout's OBP was going to be a lot better than Yellich's. It's no. 12 points better. No. It, it, but but, Mike Trout is so incredible in OBP. It's mind-blowing. In an OBP league, I would go with Mike
1: Trout. Uh, Mike Trout keeps getting better in terms of play discipline. Like He's been the best player in baseball since he broke into the league, and yet he keeps getting better. But... I think the mistake maybe those in this league are making is the same mistake people always make when they decide to take somebody over Trout at the start of the new year. Like, if the if the question is who is better, who has been better in 2019, who will end up being better in 2019, the, the answer is for all formats, Yelich. No, nice I, have no an that's an amazing year. That's not, but what's amazing about that, Scott, is that going into tonight's game. He's only four and a
0: half fantasy points better than Mike Trout,
1: so. Well, in terms of per game, I don't. I don't think it's especially close. Okay. I know Yelich has been in and out of the lineup, okay. probably more than Trout has. All right. And Trout's fair. been pretty healthy this year, um, but yeah, like it's it's Yelich. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he's gonna he's probably gonna win MVP
0: twice in a row. I mean, but maybe this Bellinger is just wins it, like
1: but. Mike Trout doing typical Trout things, and this is Yelich having this historic season but it's that two in even a row. Com, even coming off an MVP season, nobody saw this coming. No, but it, but maybe we should. I mean, he's he's so good. He's he's, and he's very steals, good. And he's he running. is the second. He is my pick to be the second best player in fantasy next year.
0: Yeah, you you know, steals are tricky. Because as I had mentioned before, in a roto league, a batting average roto league, I bid pretty heavily on Mike Trout and Jose Altuve, and I thought, you know, I'm going to be pretty good in steals. And they, I don't even think they've combined for 15 steals this year. Yelich uh, is more of a fly ball hitter now than ever before, and it's not even close. He has a 37.4% fly ball rate. Last year it was twenty three point five. In his career it's twenty two percent. So that gives me, you know, hope that he can keep on being a superstar. I I think that, uh, you know, what I just said about steals, is an argument against Yelich because, look, Yelich has fourteen more steals than Trout right now. Would it surprise me next year if Trout had more? I think I'm talking myself into Trout. Well,
1: <laughs> wait a second here. What? This is a this is a good fun with numbers exercise. Okay, so I said the distance between Yelich and Trout per game was pretty significant. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking that back. It's four point eight nine for Yelich. It's four point six six for Trout. That's like the difference between Trout and Bellinger. It's like the difference between Bellinger and Jordan Alvarez or George Springer. You know, so that that kind of gives you an idea of how big of a difference it is. I would I would assume. And yet, the difference in terms of games... Trout's only played four more games than Yelich. That's not really that many, right? Mm-hmm. And yet, there's only a four-point difference. I don't know. Th- those four games and four points add up to what seems like a pretty big difference at per-game production. But I'm not sure what all, any of that means yet. Maybe just that there's... It's a fine line between everybody and... What are we all? Argue, what are we arguing about anyway? Huh? <clears throat> uh, well, everybody's trout. Trout is bus proof.
0: I mean, that's the bottom line. He's bus proof. <laughs> so, I, I am sort of talking myself into trout right now. But in an OBP league, it, it's trout. His his on base percentage is. It's just like, I think it's the most underrated part of his game. It's just how often he gets on base. I just want to see over the last few years. Uh, it's it's 440 this year. It was 460 last year. This is going to be if he gets to 440. This is going to be four straight years with a 440 on on base percentage or better. I mean, like that's ridiculous. Okay, thank you very much for listening. The last thing I want to check. I'm I'm curious. What was Yelich's on base percentage last season? It was 402. It's 428 this year. Okay. So the decision has been made. The choice has is made. The challenger has come. Is that Ghostbusters? It's Ghostbusters, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I didn't choose the anything. Destructor.
0: The destruct. The instructor is co- Whatever she says. Yeah, she's uh. a bad villain. She's a bad bad guy. That's why I like Ghostbusters two better than Ghostbusters why she- one. She's barely in the movie. Yeah, she they 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 kind of go into her backstory, but she's not scary. I mean, there's Ghostbusters what, what is, is the, overrated. What is the
1: central conflict of Ghostbusters? It's not. It's not that as much as it's them trying to be seen as credible, and she is the instrument for making them credible. It's an overrated That's really movie. The conflict. It's an overrated movie. Oh come on! It's
0: good, and it's Ghostbusters too is better. No better bad guy more fun I agree with a lot of
1: your opinions people give you crap for but this is one I cannot abide (laughs) Ghostbusters is vastly superior to Ghostbusters 2 most people would agree and I'm sorry uh, to
0: everybody who thinks my word is gospel I probably just ruined it (laughs) and now maybe you should take Yellich we're uh, out of here Scott's not going to be on the show on Friday Chris and I will be on the show on Friday until then we'll talk to you later here on Fantasy Baseball today